Are you looking to reach your full potential and achieve success in business and in life? Want only tried and tested guidance from people who have truly made an impact? You have come to the right place. Welcome to Five Questions with Dan Shabell. New York Times bestselling author Dan Shabell distills the most actionable and tangible advice from a variety of world-class humans, including entrepreneurs, authors, Olympians, politicians, billionaires, Nobel Prize winners, TED speakers, celebrities, astronauts, and more. Inspirational guidance, practical advice, and concrete solutions. Our Power Chat starts now. Welcome to the 45th episode of Five Questions with Dan Shawbell. As your host, my goal is to curate the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is neurosurgeon and chief medical correspondent for CNN, Sanjay Gupta. Born in Novi, Michigan, Sanjay earned his degree in biomedical sciences at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, his MD from the University of Michigan Medical School, and completed his residency in neurological surgery in the University of Michigan Health System. Today, Sanjay is an Emory Healthcare General Neurosurgeon at Grady Memorial Hospital. Parallel to his medical career, he is a multi-Emmy award-winning correspondent for CNN and is the host of Vital Signs, where he travels the world to examine the most important medical stories like the future of food. Throughout his career, he's famously covered the medical aspects of the Iraq War, the medical benefits of marijuana, and social media's impact on teens' mental health. In this podcast, Sanjay talks about his career in the medical field, the future of our health, and how we can overcome loneliness, which is such an important topic to me. What were your childhood influences that inspired you to go into healthcare and media as an adult? Nobody in my family was a doctor, uh, so it, it wasn't that more traditional route. I had a lot of friends who, you know, from the womb seemingly uh, were, were preordained to go into medicine. That wasn't me. My my father, my mother, both engineers, mathematicians. Uh, so for, for most of my childhood, I thought I was going to pursue something like that. I think the, the most seminal moment for me was probably when my my mom's father, my, my grandfather, got, got ill, had a stroke, uh, needed to be in the hospital. We were very close. I was 12 or 13 years old. I spent a lot of time in the hospital with him. Uh, and for, I think for the first time realized that that was a profession, you know, being a healthcare provider was a profession as opposed to just, you know, some like a, a public service of some sort. So it was uh, interesting to me. And I spent a lot of time asking the doctors questions. I, I became very interested in the brain, I think, at that time because of the, the issues around my grandfather's stroke. And, I, you know, I, I think I started to, to really develop the bug at that point. I, I applied to a program that accepted kids um, into medical school out of high school, which I did. So once once I got accepted into that, uh, we were we were off to the races. How has traveling the world, covering the biggest health topics of our time, changed how you live with your life? We tend to be very provincial in the United States. I think on lots of issues, but particularly with regard to to healthcare and medicine. Uh, some of that is is warranted. I think you know certainly the United States can do a a terrific job uh, taking care of, of, of very sick patients, um, developing new therapies, techniques, things like that. Um, but we also know that you know we we spend a ton of money on healthcare, three and a half trillion dollars on healthcare, 
We know that life expectancy has been going backwards in the United States, the only developed country in the world where that is happening. So there's clearly lessons to be learned. And so when I travel the world, and I'm, it's, it's, a, it's a great indulgence for me to be able to do this, you know, working for a, a big company that allows me to do these types of stories, I get to see firsthand what some of these things are that are happening around the world that, that I can verify, that I can translate, and that I can see if they are applicable, you know, to to the people back home. So I, uh, I I learn a lot, and I'm reminded, I think, more than anything else, that we can do more in terms of healthcare with less. We can have happier, healthier, longer, more productive lives, and not have to spend the amount of money that we're spending on it. One of the things that I've been studying over the past few years is the loneliness epidemic, and it's affecting about half of all American adults. How can we make people feel less lonely? The thing that really caught my attention with regard to loneliness was just how toxic it was to human health. I think if we the impetus is to, to say hello, to reach out, what you find is that you can start to make a dent, make people um, actually feel less lonely. But also, I think it's very good for the hello giver as well as we develop those human connections, which seem to be increasingly lost uh, in our society. What are you most hopeful for and most concerned about when it comes to the future of our health? Uh, I think these two things, uh, what you're hopeful for and what you're, what you're concerned about sometimes run in parallel or there can be a very fine line between the two. I, I'm, a, I'm a tech guy uh, for sure, um, despite my true belief that we can accomplish a lot in healthcare with fewer resources, with fewer investments in technology. That should not be interpreted as we should stop innovating and, and, and seeing what is possible and, and really understanding where those inflection points are between our greatest technologies and our greatest advancements in healthcare. So I'm, I'm very optimistic about the fact that um, uh, certain technologies will, will allow us to develop a a personalized, optimized lifestyle. So for example, there is a there is a optimized way for you to live, Dan. There's an optimized way for you to move, for you to eat, for you to sleep. Uh, there's the right time to do these things, um, the, the right nutrition at the right time, whatever it might be. And yet you don't really know what those things are. You have a you have general advice, which you're probably good about following, but the same advice for you may not be the same advice for me. So how do we optimize you and how does technology play a role? I think that we're going to see more and more of that. I think it's going to be frictionless. I think we're going to get to the point where the right therapies, the right nutrition, the right guidance will, will appear to you uh, without you having to, to query it or, or, or be an active person. It, it'll be more frictionless. But I also think that my concern is that when it comes to healthcare, I think healthcare innovation is different than other types of innovation. It's not Twitter. It's not a social media platform. It is your health. And, you know, you have to take that very seriously. I think that um, the human element of healthcare innovation can never be lost. It, you know, fundamentally health, medical care, all of that is a very human profession and it has been it should always be so i just my concern is that as we tend to innovate more and more which we should and it will be better and we should do it for the right reasons uh, that we make sure that the the human component of of providing compassionate care is never lost and what is your best piece of career advice 
I think one thing that I, I have learned, and I think, you know, I've, I've been at various careers for a while now, is that, you know, there's, there's always a, there's always a, a, a ramp up period, a period of time where you have to, to really understand the job well, the culture well, you know, the jobs that you end up really loving and the careers you end up pursuing are oftentimes as much culture as they are procedural. So understand the culture of a place uh, and a profession as much as you understand the job itself, because those are the things you're going to take home with you at night, the things you're going to share with your loved ones and your friends and, and things like that. You're certainly you're going to talk about the job and, and why you do it, but the culture is like that stuff that's in your heart. And so re- really focus on that. I, I tell people all the time, I didn't go to medical school to be a medical student my whole life. I went there to eventually be a doctor. I think that uh, it's the same with any profession. As soon as you get there, work really hard. Uh, Have the best work ethic. Uh, And as part of that work ethic, understand the process of the job and the culture. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Sanjay. To follow his journey, you can watch him on CNN and find him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram where he shares his travels, appearances, interviews, and research on the biggest healthcare topics of our time. We hope you enjoyed today's show and the amazing advice our guests provided. Remember that you can only benefit from advice if you act on it. Before you do, we would appreciate your feedback in the form of a review. You can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or a podcatcher of your choice. Your feedback would be very much appreciated. Head over to danshawbell.com slash review now.